Hello, my name's John Bradbury, um, People Experience Team in the uh, EMA, and uh, in this episode of the EMA Cast series, where we're focusing on the dynamic workplace, um, I'm really pleased that I've got with me today uh, Mike Marr. Uh, Mike is the Chief Executive Officer of TPT Group, uh, very successful business um, based in, in here in here in New Zealand. Um, and, and really, to get us st- started off, I'd, I'd just like to ask Mike to introduce himself and tell us a little bit about what, what the group does. Well, firstly, John, thanks for having me, and great to come and talk to EMA and your members. Look, TPT is, I guess, it's been an entrepreneurial journey of coming up 23 years and of growing great businesses, and that's, we've had 10 startups over that time, but equally have acquired 13 other businesses, and how do we, I guess, support these businesses to grow and, and realise their market potential and and also be great citizens within our community, corporate citizens as well, supporting the communities we operate in. Right, so, so a journey that you've been on for some time, uh, a journey that's covered a lot of different sorts of businesses uh, and one that um, you seem to also be talking about a wider purpose beyond the immediate one of making money within those businesses too. Yeah, it is. Look, I, I think um, the thing of businesses I've really learnt is I think everything in business is a fruit of the culture of the business. So whether that's profitability or health and safety or customer delivery or quality and all those things are a fruit of the culture. So. Right, absolutely, yeah. And we, we, we know how important that is in, in business uh, to get the culture right, to de- deliver results. And our focus in, in the people experience team is very much on growing people uh, mm. to, grow, to grow your business. And really within within that team this year um, we've been talking to a lot of businesses about what's happened sort of during COVID and post-COVID in ter- particularly in terms of changes that they've had to make in terms of working practices how they navigated through COVID to begin with in 2020 then 2021 and then the further changes that have come in 2022. Tell us about the journey in, in your group of companies in that, in yeah, that period. Yeah sure look COVID's certainly something that's felt like it's just kept on giving right and we've all sort of have had that first hand and, and I think the way I sort of summed it up to our people uh, is is that COVID was sort of going into COVID was like surfing a wave on the worst day on the west coast of New Zealand not knowing where the wave was going to take you and so how we had to keep our eyes on the shore or on the horizon um, to where we we're going to land and I think that was that was and I think that's the way I still think of it now because I still struggle to believe we had these lockdowns and all these different types of things so it's certainly been fluid and it's been um, challenging for every business, and and that, and I guess that agility to respond and respond in the right way, and to pull our team of people together. And, and certainly, um, going into COVID, our first thing was about hey, guaranteeing our people their roles so they didn't have to worry about that because we're a people-first organisation. Right. So, sounds you start from that perspective then of okay, we're 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 in a difficult situation on this this big wave. We're trying to keep a, a view to the future. We we really still want to value value our people. What what were the sort of things you were asking your leaders to do at that time? Look, I think it was very much the messaging from us is we very much talked around what leadership is with with our people and our managers and how in tough times, though we might not want to lead, we might want to gosh, this is a daunting moment, or how do I have these conversations, or how do I assure our people, great leaders lean in, and they stand on their front foot, and they talk, 
and they inspire and they encourage and they put their arms around their people and so that's something we had to do um, to more intentionally than we ever do because I guess that those are those challenging times right and and our people really responded to that so and having those different conversations and hey we've got to think of work differently and we had a simple strategy in COVID around hey the pandemic first around the safety of our people and then it was around uh, business as usual as much as possible, our cost management and cash flow, and then the fourth was opportunities. And, and so we had these four headlines to focus on, and our leadership and our people to focus on, and that's what we kept on coming back to those four headings. And then as soon as we could, we got out the windscreen into that opportunity space, so to position the business forward. So again, a bit like the wave analogy on the west coast of New Zealand, where are we trying to land and trying to head to? Right, and you're trying to keep an eye on sort of four four elements there, four themes that are, that are sort of running through. Um, so, how did you kind of balance that, being able to keep a focus on four things, which can be quite different? And you could almost, I believe, a business could get distracted into one and overlook one of the others. Look, I think going into COVID, as we we prepared well ahead of time too, uh, right through our pandemic kits and all our different things and PPE and rat tests, we're always trying to head of the curve um, and with those what if scenarios as well. So when it came to cash flow and the financial piece, we knew the levers we could pull. So it was just a case how many of those we actually pulled. And so we had these sort of strategies for it. So again, very quickly, because we'd done our exercises on that, we got to the opportunity piece you know, from running up help desks to support New Zealand police to all sorts of things that emerged out of COVID. Because straight away then, when we suddenly had that opportunities as a headline, it means our people were thinking that way and that pulled the people together as well. So dealing with the sort of cash flow, dealing with the sort of business as usual and, and making sure you were well prepared with them, put you in, in a good position, you feel, to um, sort of front foot the opportunities yes. and be, be looking out yep. for them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I guess what we're really mindful as a business and for our whole journey and existence as a business is, is that, hey, when tough times come, we're, we've always been about investing in our future. We've always been about building a balance sheet for the future, right? So saving for the rainy day and those different types of things. And so recessions come and recessions go, but in our culture, we don't, and as a business, we don't participate in recessions. So when... Recessions come, we put our foot on the accelerator where other organisations take their foot off the accelerator. So hence, coming off the back of each COVID wave we saw come through, we bought another business actually to actually make our business stronger and right. to invest in our future. Right. So using it as an opportunity to position for future growth is what I'm hearing. And I'm really conscious, you know, from the introduction you gave and from, from you know, looking at your business, that you've got a range of, of different businesses. So, and... You also talk about culture being important. How do you make how do you make that happen across a range of different businesses where you're integrating new businesses and looking to get results from them all? Yeah, look, I think it's interesting because I think what we've been trying to drive is a whole one team, one culture. So though we might have different brands and different businesses, we are one family and we're a family owned business as well. So so that culture piece is really important of who we are and that comes through in the things we do for our people and the way we support our people and things like that. When it comes to acquisition, is, is acquisitions are tough, right? And we believe that it takes two years to integrate a business. So it's a marathon, not a sprint. And in the first one of that is about trust and getting trust with those employees of the company we acquire and developing that relationship. And so that's a journey over two years to a business that's actually fully integrated as such. And from what I'm hearing there, you sound very uh, focused on 
what I might call some of the softer things that we talk about in business around trust and, and leadership um, and culture and, and family and so forth. Um, specifically, what, what does it look like? What does it feel like to be, to be working in your organisation? Well, I'd like to think everyone thinks that we, we genuinely care for our people because that's what it's about. And, and some of those, I'm, I'm probably quite an emotional person too, so I get to um, stand in front of our people, I get quite emotional because I'm really proud of them and actually what they do every day, you know. And, um, and yes, yeah, so I shed occasional tear that way in front, of, in front of my team or in front of my leadership and, and stuff like that. But I think it's... Um, the little things in the background that we do for people. We have a whole lot of different staff initiatives to support people, but some of the most rewarding, rewarding things for me is when we can help a mother who's an estranged partner's taken the child that morning and we've been able to help get that child back that night. You know, That's the really rewarding stuff that I go home with and that means a lot to me. Right, yeah, so it sounds like a very focused on the, on the individuals and sort of individuals' needs and thinking about how they contribute to the business and how they bring their best selves yes. to, to work yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, now, I've got to ask you around um, this, this piece that we've covered with a lot of organisations about sort of working patterns and how that changed for you, for you during COVID. I mean, we've heard from people that have moved to very hybrid working arrangements, uh, heard from people that have sort of moved to the four-day working week. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, how, did, how did those sort of things play out for you and your businesses? And, you know, what, what have you learned from them? Yeah, look, during through COVID and COVID lockdowns, it was very easy, obviously, for a lot of our office staff to work from home. But because we have a high volume of staff that operate in the field and on custom premises that was quite a challenge so we suddenly tasked them with jobs at home and no it wasn't the washing or the lawns it was trying to do as much of the, what they, they would usually do on a customer site actually in their lounge or in their bedroom whatever it is like that and to be as productive as they could and that was pretty challenging uh, you know but the office things and the sales piece could still happen and that worked quite well but what we're very mindful of, as soon as we could, we had to get our people back. Because um, when we're suddenly all our staff are back in the field on customer sites, we needed the, our people in the office to be able to support them, to open the door for the courier, to make sure this product or this engineering stuff was actually completed, ready for them. But the different, across the different businesses, we did operate differently um, between them through COVID. So one business we went solely to everyone working from home, teams calls each day, uh, sort of stand up call, or, you know, sort of meeting via teams each morning to focus that team for the day. And, and probably that's been a harder one for us to unravel post-COVID, actually. Um, and it's quite interesting for the different types of business, for the different sort of models. So though we still have, we have flexible working and things like that, and some of the innovative innovation companies, you sort of miss out on the water cooler conversation or that dynamic in the team when they're all from home too. So, yeah. Right. So it sounds like very much an approach that wasn't sort of one way kind of prescribed across everyone. It was thinking about how can we be productive and effective and keep our people happy yes. and focused. Yep. And that would vary business to business. Yes, absolutely. Diff different business to business. So. Yes. Oh, yep. very good. So um, and when when you think about the sort of journey through COVID, um, 
Would you say that as a business you feel like you, you navigated it well? And if so, what, what were the things that enabled you to navigate it well? Well would be we've got good productivity at the end, we've retained our people, we still have a good brand in market, those sort of things? Yeah, look, I, I think we have navigated it well and I think that comes down to a great team of people because we sort of talk in the business about joining the scrum and they all joined the scrum, mm. right? They joined the scrum, our leadership team, all of our people joined the scrum to get us through it and we thank them for that. Um, and that's what great teams do, eh? And that's the yes. whole culture. Everyone plays their piece in it. And that's how their families got through it and that's how New Zealand sort of got through it. Um, but it's been a lot of... Um, yeah, a lot of effort, and I think there's and there's constant learning out of this too. Mm. I mean, and it, probably the key thing for us was that planning piece because yes. you know we were working on policy before policy was needed, even though we're waiting for little secrets from the government or how how <laughs> they are planning to do it. We would have our view on it. We had front loaded rat tests months before. We had done all this you know process in advance to actually try and be prepared. And though we couldn't predict the future again, the wave on the west coast of New Zealand, we didn't know which way the wave was going to go, <laughs> We were th our head was in that right space that we were considering all the different options. So the same thing with, with um, hey, when, when, it's not an if we will get someone infected by COVID, it's when. So we did a desktop exercise, you know, six months before, and this is a scenario, this person's come down, now what's all the things we're going to click into gear and, and check and what's the logs and, and, and that worked really well. We learned so much out of that. So that's that preparation piece, you know. So, so I mean, it, I mean if I, if simplistically for me, look, hearing you talk about that, I'm hearing about just applying good business planning sort of principles to it, thinking about likely scenarios, working through them beforehand so that um, the team are very much on the front foot when a yes. situation emerges. Yeah. Yep. In most cases of government announcement, we were um, releasing policy that night or then within the next morning or you know before a lockdown would happen or a different um, status change or between a different alert level, we would be releasing policy ahead. So we're generally trying to be ahead of, ahead of the curve as much as we could. Now you've talked about you know the 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 individuals employees that you have and the, and the way in which you want to support and, and care for them and allow them to do their best. You, you've talked about teams, but, and there was a couple of moments you talked about leadership there. Now, just tell me about the sort of role that the leaders in your business have, have took during the last couple of years. Things that perhaps they were asked to do out of the ordinary, and how you got them to to be there to be as most effective as you wanted them to be? Well, I, th I think in particular with some of the lockdowns, leadership was different, you mm. know, because how do we get that personal connection with each employee every day where suddenly you might have that in the physical, but suddenly now it's in a remote and a Teams situation. How are you going to engage your people and actually stay connected? I mean, how do you know how they really are doing? And, you know, things like that. So it was very much, hey, what's our strategies around that and, and how are we going to lead differently? Uh, I think also we were very mindful that, you know, I know the fatigue myself with mm. COVID, you know the leadership journey through there right and because you, you suddenly take a lot on your shoulders and you again you're trying to constantly think about surfing this wave and where's it going to take you but all our managers were doing the same our GMs and their managers beneath that and things like that and we're trying to focus them again back on those four headings hey the pandemic the health and safety piece the business as usual the finance and things mm -hmm. and the opportunities piece because again we can get caught up in that front end piece but we've got to see the horizon we've got to see the shoreline um, to know where we're going to land on the uh, other side of it so 
from a couple of the analogies that you've you've, you've drawn there, I, I get the picture of you and your leadership team sort of you're, you're sort of peddling. You're, you're looking at this big big wave sort of coming, wonder where it's going to land. You're, you're looking at, at, out to the future about what's 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 going to happen next. Is that how it felt? Yeah, I think that's kind of how it felt. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it's just <laughs> how you best navigate it, eh, and, and where you're going to land and. And I think that's the same thing when we go into recessions and things like that. We can get caught up and solely focus on the recession mm. and not focused out the windscreen on the opportunity. You know? Well, and, and, you know, that's very relevant to, to talk about that now. And clearly mm. that would be mm. on your mind and, and many other business leaders' mm. minds about how to navigate the impending recession uh, yeah. in New Zealand. What, what, what sort of uh, approaches are you taking around that as a business? Yeah, well, I think it's for us is, is how we... Uh, how we invest into our future. Our, our position has always been how we build a great business mm. and how do we invest in our future, right? We're not about putting all the money out of our business. We're about investing for the future and making us stronger. So acquiring is really good for that. We can do a couple of acquisitions. It makes us stronger around our core. That's really good, right? Um, but also how do we diversify? How do we, you know, all these different sorts of pieces, right? But it's really easy, again, when recessions come or people think a recession's coming, they take their foot off the accelerator of their business. They think, oh, no, I better not do that then because because there's a recession coming. Well, you know, sometimes we just need to turn the radio off. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and have our own um, economic indicators and actually get wisdom from the right places, I think. So still thinking of the journey where you're, where you're trying to get to, not stopping and waiting yeah. for things to happen. Yeah. 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 So our approach is more to put our foot on the accelerator. Yeah. And so the GFC, we grew three to four times in size through the GFC with that approach rather than the other approach. And from a from a people people perspective, um, what what sort of trends have you found in your business around retaining people, engagement of people, um, and recruitment of people that you need? What what sort of trends are you noticing? Look, certainly um, we've seen you know turnover staff more in Auckland, and I think mm. I think the lockdown really last year had a quite a significant impact on people in Auckland um, and we, but we're not seeing that through the rest of the country so we see different behaviours in the Auckland mm -hmm. labour market to the rest of the country um, recruitment is tough everywhere um, but but to be honest it was tough in 2018 as well right and we've got 24 officers I think at that stage we had about 15 that were looking for people we've probably got five looking for people at the moment across New Zealand right so recruitment is always a challenge anyway um, it's probably Maybe at times it's a bit of the COVID excuse, but there is a genuine piece too, because obviously borders have been shut and things like that. And and I think um, so. I think we have to be more intentional, and I think we have to get our employer brand out there more and tell the story of who we are, so people understand who we are, and so they want to come on and work for us because we actually care. You know. Absolutely, I mean, I think that's that's absolutely important for organisations to be able to um, say to the market, mm. um, a, in terms of the the labour market, to be able to say, and this is what it's like to come mm. and work work for mm. us, and for people's experience mm. to then then match that to mm. to recognise that that's the sort of place they want to work. Mm. It has the sort of benefits that mm. will yeah. be, be relevant for me. Um, you know, within that. Um, what we what we know at the moment is that there's a lot of attention on um, words like well-being and, and, and burnout and, and so forth. And um, I, I look at you and uh, you, you've got all these huge challenges you're talking about and you seem very calm and relaxed and still fo focused on, on things. How, how do you 
um, help the rest of your organisation, leaders in particular, sort of navigate through this sort of, um, you know, uh, resilience that's that's needed or just, just the challenges at, at the moment on that sort of, um, you know, level of um, uh, burnout and, and well-being? Well, look, I, think, I think one thing that sort of sticks with me is it's very easy to get overwhelmed because you have so many things. But what's better than 10 things? Five. What's better than five? Three. And what's those? How do we break this down, right? And we, we use an analogy in the business around an apple. Sit an apple on your desk, right? If you try and eat an apple whole, it'll kill you. And any problem will, you know, too. But when we take break it down and actually process it, or for an apple case, we have one bite at the time, we really enjoy it, right? And I think it's that mindset we have often uh, in how we approach problems and challenges. Yes. Uh, it's really important how we do that. Because so, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. Yeah, so breaking down one one big problem, and you, I think you illustrated that very well earlier when you talked about COVID, like mm. this huge problem. Oh my goodness, you know, mm. there's this pandemic around the world. We've got to close down our, our, mm. our offices. You know, people can't come in. My goodness, what what the earth do we do here? Right, let's just just break it down. All the possible things we might have to do. Um, sort of, how could we we never never yeah, exactly. go through them? But we've even done it in a management meeting, and we've said, Hey, Johnny, come and sit up at the front here. Here's an apple, eat it whole. And he says, I can't do that. Well, why do you go and solve problems? by trying to do that you know we have to break it down to be able to process it and what's the easy wins and then you know which which are the more challenging ones and and you know so that sort of prioritization that, that speaks to yes okay this this um so you know there's a lot of change in, 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 the, in the business world at the moment and um, perhaps lots of opportunities, perhaps a lot of people sort of fear, fearful of things. I, I, ju- I just wondered, um, where, where do you kind of stay, stand on that sort of optimism, pessimism for the future? <laughs> uh, look, I'm very optimistic for the future and for our great country. And, mm. uh, but I equally think, um, and a really important thing for New Zealand and every business in New Zealand and every individual in New Zealand is how we embrace the future and how mm. we look out the windscreen to the future. And that um, how do we think exponentially and how do we really you know, ask our customers what's the problem that needs to be solved and, and how do we really get, get out there. And that's really important for New Zealand, the big thinking. And in our businesses, we need big thinking to position our businesses for the future. So sort of big thinking. So, so what is the sort of help that, that businesses need? What would be the sort of best thing that businesses like yourself, entrepreneurs like yourself, you know, could, would benefit from? Look, I, I think we, we don't really understand necessarily what innovation really is. And I think we think, hey, it's a coffee cup and let's just shape the handle slightly differently and that's innovation. And, and I don't think that is what innovation is. It's how do we leap past that step to the coffee cup of the future mm. that's completely different? How do we take that leap? And that's just you know one analogy there, but that that's what we need to do in our business. What's our business look like for the future? And you know, and if I asked, you know, if you ask any organisation, you say, hey, what does your organisation look like in year twenty forty two? Most people would go to answer that. But hang on a minute, what's your customer look like in year twenty forty two? And when they go, well, that's interesting. Let me think about that. You know, because will your current customers exist? Now, once you've answered that question, go back to the first question: What's your organisation look like? And then what if I said that was in three to five years, not in 20 years? And, and that really gets people's head going. And I think there's a challenge there for employees, there's a challenge there for leadership of businesses, there's a challenge there for the boardroom and directors as well, because that's the lens we have to get into to position our businesses in this country for the future. Right. So it's very strong sort of future focus, taking a longer horizon, it sounds like, and then working back. back working to backwards. Now. Yeah. Okay. 
And I, I think that's, that's useful as a way of future thinking. I, I wonder, you know, a lot of people have said during the pandemic, you know, lots of changes, some things accelerated, some things mm, sort of mm. slowed down. Um, you know, as, as a sort of summary, what would you say are the, the big learnings for you as a business person from the pandemic? Look, I think in the pandemic, we gravitated to cash and we gravita- gravitated to protecting cash and what do we want to risk and what do we not want to risk. And all our money went to digitisation and enabling our people to get stuff done in the normal BAU. And I think real, real smart innovation where we take risks, and most businesses went pretty conservative on. You know, and I think that's the challenge we've got now is to get up that future because we need to disrupt ourselves and we need to get back investing in that stuff. And we were no different. We, we went more cautious around this here and this here. Let's head for EBITDA. <laughs> Let's do all that type of thing. But the big step change comes from that true innovation stuff. And we have to prioritise funding for those types of things and those initiatives to position us for the future. Otherwise, hey, we can just be on this linear mindset thinking that it will carry on forever, but actually it doesn't. We get disrupted. Yes, and that goes back to those sort of four lenses that you were talking about keep keeping a focus on mm. and how those how those impacted on, on the decisions that you made. And, you know, in terms of the sort of thing we've talked about with a lot of other people on podcasts around, well, did your workforce work from home, work hybrid, and that sort of thing, it sounds like, well, we, we did what was right for the particular business at the mm. particular time, mm. a very, if I might describe it as a kind of contingency almost mm. approach mm. or a case-by-case mm. case mm. sort of approach. Yeah, correct. Absolutely correct. Yeah. And, and certainly, um, yeah, we've gravitated to getting people as much as we yeah. can back in those right places around some of those yeah. businesses where it's been needed because sometimes there's a role that person does in the physical as well and that's been the challenge around it. Um, and probably the more tech business where we had solely um, remote working it's probably impacted productivity in the end, you know. So, yeah, get, but ultimately we, we, we want to engage with our people and have yes. that connection to our people too. Yeah, and, and, and that answer there I think summarises some of the key themes that I mm. feel I'm hearing from, mm. from what you're saying is around um, really thinking about the culture that you want in the organisation and making, making sure that's a lived experience for people mm. day to day. And I, I really hear a very, very strong focus to you on innovation and mm. thinking, thinking of the future look, looking ahead. Mm. Mm. Um, so with that in mind, what do you see as the trends that perhaps are emerging now that are in the workplace that are going to be the ones that are going to win, as it were? What ones are going to continue? You mean from a t- uh, t- emerging tech perspective? Well, I, just as broad as you want to go, really. Yeah, look, Mike. I think we probably <laughs> see um, all of those sort of exponential emerging technologies of, of AI and, and that robotics piece and IoT and, and all that piece and data is, is a big part of our future. And... I think what we are all challenged with in our businesses is what's what's really the problem we need to solve in our business and that internal mess and opportunity. And then, you know, what's the problem we need to solve for our customer? And often it's those emerging techs are part of that solution, if that makes sense, on how we can position ourselves for the future. Right. Very interesting. So a strong focus on technology, a strong focus on, on the customer and, and looking at how those sort of sort of play yeah, out. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
Look, it's been it's been really interesting talking to you about this. I get uh, really excited when I hear yeah, about cool. this sort of sort of future future vision of things, and um, I certainly uh, know when I visited your offices um, in Auckland that, that the sort of atmosphere there, the sort of vibe that, that there cool. is in the office is 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 very professional, but feels relaxed. That, yeah. that kind of balance. Yeah. Do you think that? Yeah. Well, do you think that describes your business well? Yeah, it is. I mean, there's always going to be pressure points in different parts, <laughs> and there's always. Th- um, but look, absolutely, that that's what I want. I mean, we have a, a lot of fun as a team, and we're engaged, and we're, we're pretty. Even though I'm a CEO, we, we try to be, I guess, a flat structure where everyone's available, to talk to anyone, and we're all the same, right? And I think organisations are like a jigsaw puzzle, right? Mm. Every piece of the jigsaw is just as important as every other piece. Mm. And an organisation is the same, right? Yeah. Every person is just as important as everybody else, and that's what a, a great culture should be. Yeah, so I think your jigsaw analogy, similar to your Apple analogy, so yep. that's sort of breaking it down, putting yep. it together and, and looking yeah, at it. It takes every person to, 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 be, to, to make that. it work, yeah. Um, so, you know, we've talked far and wide, really. I think a range of things, I, in some cases, I didn't really expect to today. Um, you know, out of this conversation, what would be the sort of one or two things that stand out most to you from, from what we've talked about? Well, look, probably the biggest thing front of mind for me is, I guess, how business, you know, positions for the future. And that's involving your people and, and ultimately New Zealand for the future. And I think... We need big, bold thinking in this country and as business owners and business leaders and from a central local government, we need that big, bold thinking for the future to position our great country for the future. Great. Well, thank you very much, Mike. It's, it's been a very interesting com- conversation. Yeah, you're very welcome. There's, yeah. um, there's, there's so much more I feel we, we could talk about and, and, and I, um, I look forward to hearing about the success of the business and I'll be looking out for what sort of future thinking you're doing yeah, uh, going, going forward. Um, obviously, I'd like to thank Mike uh, very much for coming in today. I think that's a very interesting perspective on sort of breaking down problems uh, to the constituent parts, thinking about the culture of the organisation and really, um, you know, sitting sitting there looking for the wave coming, but really keeping a focus on where you want to get to, get to in the future. Um, in, in future podcasts in this series, we will we explore these, these themes uh, in more, more detail. Uh, but in terms of today, I'd obviously very much like to thank Mike for coming. Uh, it was very interesting to hear here today. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody that uh, is, is watching this. So um, thank you all very much for listening.